Hey y'all, welcome back to the Brianna Approved Podcast. We have a beautiful and intelligent and talented guest here on the show today. We have the one and only Katie Christabel, who is a holistic esthetician and the founder of Mindful Beauty, a safe, no judgment space for you to receive guidance towards skin and soul healing. You may follow Katie already on Instagram. She's known by Faces by Katie. And she is a holistic esthetician who specializes in glowing skin and fluffy brows. If you're watching this, you can see she literally looks like a doll. Her skin is amazing, and so are her eyebrows. She has been doing this for over a decade, so she is definitely not a novice. But what I love and was most attracted to Katie was that she really believes in not only just treating the skin surface, but really looking how how everything is connected. Her approach to supporting the skin naturally is to help it heal rather than just the standard of hurting the skin to help it. And we'll dive into that a bit more. And Katie works with the skin instead of against it, with which is what combines her holistic lifestyle approach, botanical skincare, and also supporting the lymphatic system to promote radiant results. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being a guest. Thanks for having me. Your voice is amazing. That was so nice. Wow. Thank you. I never get compliments on my voice. So that is nice. You literally look like uh, an AI doll. Like you look like an avatar almost. Your skin, your face is so symmetrical and perfect and your skin is obviously glowing. Do you low key feel pressure to have amazing skin all the time? Yes, sometimes. I mean, I think it comes with the territory and also a lot of feels with that too, because for most of the time of my esthetician career, I had still very chronic cystic acne. So there I was working in a spa and I'm like, hey, let me help hydrate your skin or do these services. And I clearly was was full of acne and there's a lot of shame and things that that go along with that. So I'm yeah, it's, it's very nice to, to hear, but we all, I mean, just because you have a breakout doesn't mean you can still have healthy skin and have a breakout. And I think that that's something I had to learn and be a little more gentle with myself about even to this day. Like I have a little, you can't see it on screen, but I'm wearing like a little pimple patch right now, you know, like stuff, stuff happens. Pimple patches were my friend during COVID because when I was wearing a mask, my chin was breaking out and I never really get pimples. But to your point, I say that a lot in the health realm where I'm like, listen, you can be doing everything right and still get sick. And that doesn't make you a bad person or that your, you know, your practice is wrong. So I I think that's nice that you connected that with skincare. Um, But for those who don't know, can you maybe explain a little bit about the differences between holistic, being a holistic esthetician and traditional esthetician, I'm sure there's probably some overlaps or maybe just what your definition of that means or how it's evolved to you over the years. So I start, I think we all start off, I mean, you go to aesthetic school, you train as a conventional esthetician and they teach you very from the surface inward it's like you're oily the skin is irritated topically we have to heal it topically and it's not really looking at any of the whys behind any skin condition whereas a holistic esthetician is going to integrate everything as a whole because the skin is an organ it's an elimination organ and I really believe that it's a mirror to what is happening within and 
what was happening, you know, I had access to all these machines and peels and stuff like that. And we're taught acne is forever. Like you can maintain it, but it's not curable. So that's what I was doing with myself and clients. We'd peel our face off. We'd get acne again. It'd be clear. We'd peel our face. And I just, I just knew that there had to be more than that. So I really like to help my clients sort of have some critical thinking, be their own skin investigators to see what patterns, what's going on so they can work on healing their skin from the inside out. The, the biggest skin transformations really happen that way. Even with my virtual clients, sometimes I get, I don't want to say better or faster, but sometimes the results just happen because they're all they're with their skin more than I am. And it's all internal and they're all into it. But then sometimes my clients that are just facials and they're not fully on board yet for that interview, their results might be a little bit slower and, and you can really see that. So yeah, where a holistic esthetician is, it's the mind, body, and soul experience when it comes to skincare. It's not just from the outside. No, that was so well said and so beautiful. I love that. That resonates with me so much too, because I am always trying to preach the idea of we have like six major elimination organs and so much emphasis, of course, is on the liver. The lymphatic system is getting more popular, which we'll talk about in a second, which is exciting to hear about. But there's also like the uh, always that undercurrent, of course, our emotions, right? And especially in Chinese medicine, the liver is associated with our emotions and all of that. And so I always am telling my own clients, like when you're going through these quote detoxes or protocols, like you're also emotionally, you know, detoxing things. And many times that does come up for people on their face. So I would love to hear you kind of just explain a little bit about the role of the lymphatic system and the liver and even emotions and how they actually are so interconnected in the conversation of skin health and just mind-body medicine? Yeah, that's a good question. I definitely always am focusing, I hyper-focus on the connection between the liver, the lymphatic system, and the skin because, you know, and I'm sure many listeners know your liver is like a sponge. Its job is to, you know, process fats and hold on to, you know, glucose storage and minerals and all sorts of things, but it also is a filter. And when, you know, it's holding on to too much junk, it's overburdened or whatever's happening, some of that filtering job is going to get passed off to the lymphatic system, which is also your body's cleanup system. And your blood and your lymph, if you think about it, like they're really the bridges to the skin. That's how, you know, through your blood, like oxygen and nutrients are going to get to the skin. But through blood and lymph, also some maybe troublemakers can get to the surface of the skin. <laughs> so, I'm like so nervous sometimes when, no, when, don't I, when be I'm nervous. talking to this. But um. We're just here to nerd out. Listen, everybody who's listening to this already is all into this kind of stuff. And they've heard me talk about the liver uh, to nauseam because I love the interconnectedness of the liver and emotions and skin and all of that. And so, you know, we're here for it. Oh, you froze. I love it. Yeah. So when I started, I'm for it. Um, but yeah, when I when I started to learn more about the 
lymphatic system and also doing my gua sha training. It really opened my eyes to that too. So I want to focus on how can we clear these toxins away from the face and everyone is so hyper-focused on like lymphatic drainage. And I love that. It's amazing. But we also have to remember that just because we get things flowing, that doesn't mean that they're cleansing. So, you know, facial massage, lymphatic drainage, all that stuff. It's a supportive tool, but it's not the only thing. And, and again, that brings it back to the holistic approach. It's how everything is interconnected. It's not just that, that one thing. And when it comes to our emotions, when I'm doing my virtuals, my framework is really, you know, let's reduce pathogens and, you know, the overburden stuff going on in the liver and lymphatic system. Let's cleanse them out. So we have to work on, you know, being really hydrated. We want to boost the immune system. And so much of our immune system is in our blood and in our lymph. But we also want to repair and support the adrenals. And your adrenal glands, you know, like they are responsible for a lot of hormones, but really popularly, it's like the adrenaline and cortisol. And that can be so acidic for the body. And a lot of times, you know, women are always doing it all. We have these crazy to-do lists. Sometimes we go without eating or we do crazy workouts or like all these things, caffeine that can just trigger that fight or flight. And this, that long-term stress, or even, you know, if you have like a heartache or something dramatic going on, it can be like corrosive for the body. It can push toxins to the surface of the skin. It can weaken your hair follicles, cause hair loss, like very much later. And even when, when we're cleansing and doing cleansing protocols, we're also cleansing those emotions. And even that's what I work on in, in my facials too because yeah we're we're physically wanting to induce some flow but it's also that release of emotions and energy that can get just stuck in our aura stuck in our in our muscles that I want to help my clients cleanse as well because I think when you're in that state of you know rest is when the when the body can truly heal no you said so many things there that are so important for people to hear Number one, I think people do not realize that the quality of your blood is so important for literally everything. I mean, it's carrying nutrients, it's carrying oxygen, right? Like rebuilding your red blood cells, so important. But also to your point too, like we shouldn't always be just stirring things up or quote detoxing all the time if you already have. It's like having a sink that's full of a lot of dirty dishes and then you're going and just piling more. Like it's not always the right time to, you know, over-focus on the lymphatic system or over-focus on the liver. So I think it's important for people to hear that. And in regards to health as well, so many people forget that your hair follicles are an organ, a mini organ at that, but an organ nonetheless, just like our skin is. And so a lot of the things that can impact skin can impact hair health too. So I'm sure you probably see a lot of that with circulation and lymphatic and, and all of that too. Yeah. But hair and skin are usually the first things to whisper that there is some sort of an imbalance going on from within me. Because if you think about it, even on a smaller scale, like if you have a cold or something like that, your skin starts looking gray and dry and maybe a bit sallow, your hair might get a bit more brittle. This is an example 
and you can see it even when people are very sick, how the skin and hair is affected, but your immune system is going to be working to, you know, keep you alive and protect all your other organs. So your vanity, your skin and hair is going to be the first thing to kind of go out the window and sometimes is the last to heal because it's, again, it's that last priority. Totally. And this, I mean, the hair growth cycle alone, like depending on what stage, if you're intelligent, antigen, I mean, there's so much that goes into it, obviously, but I know you touched a little bit on gua sha, which I love for when I get actually acupuncture, I do that a lot. Uh, I don't do it. My acupuncturist does it. Shout out to Michelle. She's the best. Um, but facial gua sha and even facial cupping I know has gotten very popular over the past few years. And I'm sure as somebody who's been doing this for over a decade, it's exciting to see that glow up of it, but I'm sure you're also seeing a lot of faux pas and things like that. So could you maybe give a very like 30,000 foot view of maybe even what gua sha is, how somebody should start, um, maybe oils, like how we store emotions in the face, literally anything that you want people to know about gua sha that you're just like, guys, this is the real info and this is what you should stop doing. Well, gua sha is a from ancient traditional Chinese medicine and modality that adapted. It used to be more like skin scraping and 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 it it it's really adapted now. And what attracted me to it is now often we're using like crystal stone tools and I've always been very into my crystals and you know that energy so I was like this is amazing brought some selenite for our call today yeah I have and here's mine too so yeah (laughs) oh my god we have matching crystals I love that oh amazing I love it um yeah I was like wow I need to learn more about this because I was always I was already really interested in facial massage and crystals so I was like let's marry the two and and call it a day and I mean yes there are some rules or tips to consider but I always tell my clients if it feels good to you and it's helping you relax and feel nice, then I'm totally all for it. But, you know, when, if you, if you want to know the tips, a few of them would be one, you need to use a skin oil. A moisturizer is going to absorb too quickly in the skin. So you want to have a longer lasting glide and a bit of slip on the skin when you're using your gua sha stone. What would a good starter skin oil be for people? I would do a jojoba oil. Jojoba. So similar to your skin's own, you know, our own sebum has a very waxy structure to it. And if you're a little unsure and uneasy about having oils on the skin, you can bring your gua sha or facial massage routine in earlier. Like you can cleanse or oil cleanse bring in the gua sha and then cleanse again. So you're rinsing it off and then follow up with the rest of the routine. Or like most people are familiar with, you can do your gua sha at the end and then the oil would be remaining on the skin. So we want enough oil for a glide, but not too much that you are losing grip. It can't be too slippery. You also want to move very slowly, like the, I have a gua sha stone here, but (laughs) like the lymphatic system is moving very slowly. So we want to move slowly with it. You also want to make sure that you have a lot of connection with the skin. Something I see a lot online is that people are kind of holding their stone like a pencil. 
And you can just see like, if you're holding it a bit flatter, like on that 15 or 45 degree angle, you you're holding more space. Like it, it's just going to work better. So we have our angle, we have oil, we're going slow and then also pressure. We want soft pressure. You know, the superficial lymphatic system is, is just that. You don't have the harder you press, you're going to start working with muscle or, you know, fascia tissue, which has a place. But if you're doing lymphatic drainage, you, you want really soft pressure. You really just want the weight of your stone, not any added pressure from from you and um, really just following all the way through. You know, we have so many lymph nodes and those channels that run along the outer part of the face by the jaw and down the neck. So if you're gliding, you don't want to stop, you know, halfway here. We want to really be bringing that all the way through into the hairline or outer part of the face. So those, those are a few tips. But again, if it feels good, you're having a fun time, then that's all that matters. Is it something that people can do every day? Um, I just love the magic number three. Okay. I like to, because remember, again, gua sha facial massage is really going to get things circulating. It can really stir up toxins and things like that. So if you're not prepared to be drinking a lot of water or your diet or your mental state isn't creating that healing, cleansing environment for everything you're getting flowing, it might not be the best idea. So like any cleansing you're doing with diet, massage, I even sort of like to compare it to exfoliation. We don't want to exfoliate and scrub our faces off every day. The skin needs time to rest, recover, and repair. And just like when we're cleansing, like how you're kind of also talking about earlier, not going too hard, too fast, or all the time, we, we need those times of rest, just like the seasons, you know, we have spring and summer when things are lively and kicking, but then we also have, you know, fall and winter when we're recovering and hibernating a little bit. So also something to consider. That is really important for people to hear. So I'm glad that you said that. And I love the power of three, the power of three is a great number in numerology. So we love that too. Um, I'm sure people now listening to this are going to say, cool, this is a great time for me to maybe focus a little bit more on my skincare routine. However, it can feel a bit daunting at times because you see some of these people on the internet and they have a 30-step skincare routine in the morning, <laughs> morning, night, right? But for you, that totally makes sense, right? It's your profession. It's your life. It's your world. That's like me taking herbs all day long and all that kind of stuff, right? But for somebody who is maybe new to the skincare game, they're just learning how to be a little bit more label literate. They're looking at actually what's going not only in their body, but on their body. And they're kind of trying to create this skin hierarchy of sorts, right? Like a pyramid, if you will. What would you say to somebody who is very new, or maybe this is this something you do with the, you know, them during their first consultation or whatever, but how can somebody even begin to curate a personalized skincare routine? Or is there kind of like a pecking order for like, okay, let's look at this first and we'll worry about X, Y, Z later. Because I, what I have found, at least in my industry sometimes is, you know, people will come to me with this lit, this whole list of everything they have going on in their life and blah, blah, blah. And they're in these toxic relationships and they're taking bad supplements, whatever. And they're like, it's probably the salad dressing. And I'm like, it's not, it's not the salad dressing and that's not where we're going to start. So is there kind of somewhere that people can maybe start and then either work their way up or down? 
It depends on the foundations that they already have going on. Um, I do like to say, if you're going to invest in anything, have it be a really good serum. The serum's going to, you know, focus a little bit deeper into the skin, be a little more functional. And then you can, you know, if you're on a budget, save more on the fluffy stuff. And you can, I mean, jojoba oil, cool. You can oil cleanse with it. It can become your moisturizer. It can become your scalp treatment. Um, you can you can do so much with it. But invest in one good serum to start. And you want to be cleansing, obviously, with a gentle cleanser. When When I first started being more conscious about my skincare, labels can be really overwhelming but for me personally i like to avoid like perfumed products like synthetic fragrance and that's a pretty easy one to spot and can sort of help train you to be just looking at your at your labels so that's something i consider and i mean not related really but i also like to check if products are cruelty free because i just think that the energy behind that also just comes into the skincare as well. And I love the oil and water method. And that is something I learned recently from one of the brands that I carry and work with, Evan Healy. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite brands ever. I love their ingredients, but I've not heard of the oil and water. So please do tell. So great. So when we think of our you know, moisture barrier, it's, it's made up of, you know, those lipids, oils, and also like sweat and water works to keep our water content in. So when I'm using my oils, butters, and balms, I also like to use a hydrosol or a mineral mist. One, because damp skin is going to be more absorbent than dry skin. This is going to help, you know, sink you know, sink those ingredients into the skin, but, and also lock in hydration. A lot of times we're using moisturizers and stuff and it's like, oh, it locks in, but it's like, if you're dry and you don't have hydration, what is it locking in really? But the oil and water method mimics your moisture barrier and creates an emulsion of that oil and water. So I like to mist my face, also add a little bit into the palm of my hand, with whatever I'm using, oil, butter, or balm. And it's also going to make your oil, butter, or balm more fluid. So if you're somebody that doesn't like to feel heavy, or again, you're someone intimidated or unsure by switching over to, you know, oils and more botanicals, it, it makes it thinner, makes it more absorbent. And it's so pretty and really gives a, an amazing glow to the skin. So that's one of my favorite little tricks. Oh, I love that. I will be doing that. What you're using, yeah, it's about how you're using it. Yes, that's so important. What would you say to somebody who maybe has very oily skin or what they perceive as oily skin and they say, well, I don't want to do use oils on my face because I feel like there's probably a lot of misinformation around that. And with oils, it's kind of that question, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And Mm -hmm. from my point of view, I really believe that acne is caused by strep bacteria that is in the lower layers of the derma. And when there is bacteria, when there is this bacteria beneath the skin, that is triggering your skin's immune response to produce more oil because it wants to trap the bacteria. It wants to protect your skin. 
So when I see someone that is excessively oily, that's telling me that that is what's going on. And I, I obviously was taught, you know, skin typing and and all of that, but I really strayed away from it. Like I've seen clients that have dry skin and they, they still have acne. Mm -hmm. It's more like, I look at it like a condition or symptom, not a type. Like you're not like it's become a personality trait. Like I'm an oily skin type. I'm a dry skin type and I'm, I'm a sensitive skin type. And it's like, no, you're not. You have sensitive skin right now because of a reason you're dry right now because of a reason. So that aside, if someone is really oily and let's be real too, a lot of times these oil-based products like oil or butter or a bomb, they're going to be the most natural because mm-hmm. there's you know there's nothing else in them to you know emulsify them it, it they're so pure and that's what also gravitated me towards them too and and this is when I got acne but you can customize it for you like maybe work oil cleansing into your routine so it's something that's being washed off the skin that's going to give you a lot of barrier repair and support or you can use them targetedly, even still to this day, if I'm using a balm, I might focus more on my forehead, around my eyes, around my lips, and just let it diffuse out. You can also really control how much you're using. Like if somebody was drier, they might have to use five drops of an oil, but maybe someone who's oily can use two drops and avoid areas where they have a breakout to sort of let the skin renew and do its thing so again not necessarily what you're using but how you're using it that can make an impact on the skin what a seminal message for people to hear because it's like anything with health that there's never this one size fits all approach and yeah you have to meet yourself where you are and what your skin's going through and what it's being exposed to and how loving and kind you're being to yourself and how you use the product is just as important as what the product actually is. So thank you for explaining that. I want to kind of wrap up the show with what I'm calling a skin savvy segment. So I'm going to ask you some fun, cheeky questions, kind of rapid fire-esque and just whatever you feel. Um, I don't need, you know, like a thesis or a dissertation on it unless you feel really passionately, but really just what the listeners should know and let's get into it. Sweet and cheeky. I will. I will do my best. Okay. So since you help people glow from the inside, and you are just radiating, you have this an amazing aura to you. What currently is making you glow from the inside in your life? What currently is me? I don't know. My morning smoothie and my dogs, because they're silly and make me laugh. I think when you're happy, it just shines from within to the outside. I agree. We love that. Okay. This one is kind of like a health or hype or like a skin myth buster. So does your skin really know what time of the day it is, right? We see a lot of AM creams, PM creams. Do people need both of them? What's the deal? I don't know if it's the skin that knows, but let's also consider when we're sleeping that the body is generally, you know, repairing and resting, you know, and healing. So at nighttime, I like to support that with products that are topically going to help my skin, which is also an organ through that 
repairing and regenerative process, you might want to be a little more moisturizing um, because in the morning, typically it, it's more functional rather than a knowing, like if you're wearing makeup and things like that, you might want to have lighter skincare in the morning. We want to be more protective in the morning, have some antioxidants on because we're exposed to, you know, so much pollution and stuff going on outside. So yeah, typically morning, I like to protect and then nighttime repair. That makes sense. Love that. Okay. Since you're a smoothie girl, um, what is your favorite food or herb currently for skincare in general? Oh my goodness. There's so many, but. Sophie's choice over here. I know. Yeah. The smoothie I had today was coconut water. I added an inch of fresh aloe, um, frozen strawberries, some pink pitaya powder, and banana, and a little bit of wild blueberries. So that sounds amazing. I love aloe. It is one of my favorite things. Yeah. It really does more for the skin, like for hydration from within for sure. It's amazing. Okay. What is a skin health non-negotiable for you or a habit that somebody should break up with effective immediately in regards to their skin? Or it could be brow health, whatever. So a non-negotiable or something they should break up with. Because it's a relationship, right? Like with anything, it takes time. You got to understand it. You got to work with it, evolve, like all the relationships in our life. So internally, I'm going to say canola oil. Mm. Break up with canola oil is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And topically, I'm going to say glycolic acid. Break up with glycolic acid. Yeah. Can you give a quick snippet as to why, since I know a lot of people think that's the all-star ingredient to have? It's very inflammatory. And then it got so popular a few years ago, and it's almost in every single at-home product. And I see so many inflamed, angry skin barriers. It's just really not doing anything for anyone, especially in that at-home, daily, or, you know, weekly environment. And I think especially if you're somebody going through acne, taking a glycolic acid, and this is something I had to learn. Like, I was a diehard glycolic acid. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was it. And it just, it's not it. I don't use any glycolic acid in the treatment room. I'm really limited with my acids as well. I, I use a lot of like enzymes and things like that instead and some non-acid peel options. But yeah, take glycolic acid out of your routine because we think that like stripping the skin is what's going to give you that glow, but it isn't. That bouncy protective moisture barrier is where you're going to find that. And with the canola oil, I just think that it feeds pathogens inside the body. I think that it strips your gut lining and it also takes a really long time to cleanse out of the liver from my point of view. It takes six months Mm -hmm. and it can really just feed and be a trigger to acne and other skin conditions. It's also in a lot of like preserved packaged food, stuff like that. So just like how we said, 
when you're a newbie looking at skincare labels, let's start with fragrance first. Mm-hmm. I would start with canola oil first and be looking for that canola, rapeseed, vegetable oil on your food labels and kind of go from there because it's really eye-opening. I love that. Speaking of acne, if you had, if you were hired as a uh, marketing wizard for, let's say, the acne world, you know, so back in the day, milk, it was like, got, what was it, got dairy? If you could come up with a new PR campaign for acne or maybe just a new rebrand because so many people, to your point, focus on just stripping the skin, burning things off, picking at it, whatever, what would be kind of your new PR campaign that you would love for acne to have over the next few years? I don't know. It would be like got strap, I think. Oh, I, I love think- that. <laughs> yes, got strap because be- bacterial and fungal acne are two different things. Definitely. And I think that um, like consumerism comes into play also, but I think that just like even the, the holistic, the conventional medicine world, like it's a very, a lot of women are really frustrated right now and really just pushed down in all of these settings. And I think acne really puts a lot of shame and blame on women. It's like, you're just an oily skin type. You're unlucky. You're oily. It's your fault. There's nothing you can do about it. Or you're hormonal. Mm. There's nothing you can do about it. Let's get you on all these medications. You can't heal it. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do. And, and there, there really, there really is. So I would want a campaign to just rally that it isn't your fault. And it isn't all of these, you know, blanket terms and answers they're giving us and we we can heal i love that and look at what's going on with strep the bacterial strain so that's amazing okay i would love to hear your thoughts on sunscreen in general but sunscreen that's over spf 30 so people who are using 100 spf give me your uh give me your insight on all things sunscreen this is going to get me into trouble. I mean, and I was You can't that, get into trouble on this podcast. You can say whatever <laughs> you want. I was that esthetician, you know, I, at, at one, you know, I was very insecure. I, I used tanning beds. I used self-tanning lotions. Like I wanted to be bronze. I did not. And I'm naturally very, pretty fair. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh no, I can't use tanning beds. So then, yeah, that's when it came into the tanning lotions. And then I... I think Megan Fox for the first time stepped out with her like pale complexion. This was like after Transform. This was a while ago. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be, I'm just going to let my pale skin be. And that's going to be the vibe. And I got more into my aesthetics career. And it was like, the sun is the devil. It's evil. Let's blow up the sun. It's making us age, making us ugly. All, all of this fear again for women, right? And so I was, I was like that. And I was like, give me SPF 100, hide me under a tree. I'm never going outside. And then I started learning more and just had to reflect on that a little bit, especially as I was making the switch from conventional skincare approaches to more holistic. Mm-hmm. And now it's a lot different. I mean, it's a gray, yucky Canadian winter day. And I would honestly say you probably don't need to be wearing sunscreen right now. That's 
I'm just being honest. I'm not an esthetician that's going to say, you know, oh no, you're sitting inside at the office. It's a thunderstorm today, but the UV radiation is going to come down and shrivel you into a raisin and give you pigmentation. It's just not it. Um, Again, we don't want to burn, and it also depends on what climate you live in, what's going on, what season it is. We don't want to injure the skin. We don't want it to burn. We always do want to protect it, but I do believe that that golden hour, morning sun, evening sun have so many benefits for the body. We get told, you know, the sun is like vitamin D, but it, it, it's all of the vitamins that it, that it really helps with, and the sun also draws toxins to the surface of the skin. So that's something to consider when it comes to pigmentation. Two, you know, what do we call these spots? Sunspot, they're, it's liver spots. It's, that's what it is. So that it, you also have to have the recipe inside going on that the sun is going to be drawing to the surface. And that's a whole other topic that <laughs> I can talk a lot about. But yeah, I, I love the sun. I believe in being sun safe. I believe in using a mineral based zinc sunscreen when it makes common sense to use it. And obviously if I'm doing something resurfacing on a client during those months, we're being sun safe and wearing sunscreen, but anything over 30, I I forget exactly because I'm like pressured, but you are the difference between SPF 30, 50, 100 is like from 99.8 to 99.5. Like it, it, it really isn't making a difference. So a 30 is, is what you want it, want it to be. And you're going to be totally fine. I agree. I cap it at 30 as well. We actually got a lot of questions about hyperpigmentation in general. So any sort of quick information or advice on either internal, external causes, obviously the sun is one of them, or maybe um, something that people can use that's a bit more natural for hyperpigmentation, or if there is a a topical route at all, just some of your general thoughts on that. Yeah. So I have a lot of clients right now that are using medical medium information to heal their pigmentation. And my results are ridiculously insane and amazing. So from my POV and applying that information is that discoloration in the skin can occur, you know, when the liver's overburdened and not processing that bilirubin pigment from the red blood cells, that it's going to get to the surface of the skin. So we can have some discoloration happening from that. Pigmentation is also a sign of heavy metals within the body. Mm-hmm. And I don't have my notes on me with the specifics, but you can look into those books and it will specifically give you what makeups pigmentation, like what type of metals, like whether it's mercury, aluminum, copper, all, all of that. So again, pigmentation, a sign of stuff going on in the liver, a sign of some heavy metals, a sign of dirty blood even. Yeah. So if you do some heavy metal cleansing protocols, some liver cleansing protocols, I've had clients get more amazing results. And for like melasma, like things Mm -hmm. that we kind of just chop up to like, oh no, sucks for you. It's hormonal. You're Mm -hmm. just a hormonal shitty woman. Sucks for you. Goodbye. 
um, they're, they're literally healing and it's so inspiring to see, but also again, yeah, we want to be being sun safe. We want to protect our skin in the sun. Cause again, it is going to draw those toxins to the surface of the skin. And it, it's always been funny to me that like tanning, like the excessive tanning culture is always really linked to like alcohol consumption Mm -hmm. which is poisoning the liver and overburdening the liver and then people wonder years later like "Hmm, why am I full of pigmentation and it's like all these things that 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 we don't really consider topically I love licorice root vitamin c um can be two great ingredients to bring in to help lighten and brighten the skin and yeah I love that I could talk to you all day long because this is like in my next life, I want to be you as far as being a holistic esthetician. Um, but I'm going to ask one last question and then I want you to tell people, you know, where they can follow you. I know that I actually was on your Amazon page this morning and I already ordered the one dry brush. You have such great resources on your website. So I want, um, you know, you to let know people how they can work with you, but if you could give yourself either, you know, currently your younger self or future you, because sometimes advice is for future us, a piece of, uh, it could be health advice, career advice, skincare advice, anything that you just want to kind of leave the listeners with um, to maybe just think about and ponder with that you wish you would have, you know, heard earlier in life, or maybe it really resonated with you that you think people will enjoy and maybe pass along on their wellness journey. I wish that baby Katie knew that stripping my skin and over exfoliating. I mean, I wanted to just like peel my face off. Like I wanted to take off my face and put on a new face. That mm. sounds very like silence of the lambs ish, but like <laughs> <laughs> real emotion. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and, and I just made it so much worse. I think prioritizing your moisture barrier Um, So that the skin can, you know, strong skin is always healthy and resilient skin is going to heal faster and that you can heal just to be gentle with yourself and career wise. I mean, I'm, I'm newly a solo esthetician. Like I, I worked for, I worked for the man for, for a long time and I was so scared and I think sometimes you got to just, just do it. I, I wrote when I was sort of plotting my solo career as a holistic esthetician, I would write down, I even made this little like beaded bracelet and it was what would Elle Woods do? I love the Legally Blonde movies. And I think like, even though they're silly and whatever, but I think that they're so empowering and that message for just women to just go for it and be positive, be kind, because you never know what somebody else is, is going through. I think even for you, like we, we have the pleasure of talking to all these different women and we're, we're really, we're really going through it. And I think we have to be nicer to each other. We have to be kind to each other until we're, you know, strong enough to be kind to ourselves in that same way. Oh my God. I love that. I'm going to cry. That was so beautiful. Honestly, I was just listening to, I don't know if you listen to Wayne Dyer at all. Um, You would probably like him because it sounds like we resonate in a lot of stuff, but he talks about this idea of 
if you have the option between being right and being kind, choose kindness because you just never know who's going to need it. So, oh my God, you're like such a sweet little angel. I love it. How, thank you so much for being on the podcast, number one, but how can people follow you? Are you mostly on Instagram, TikTok? Drop all the links, let us know. And for the listeners, it will be in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy peasy, lemon squeezy. My TikTok, my Instagram, and my website are Faces by Katie. My website is just facesbykatie.com. And you can, I really put, I mean, I, I built my website all by myself. I mean, I have no tech background. I, I run everything myself. It's my baby. Aside from being in the treatment room, I'm learning to let myself be proud of it. So you can find everything there, whether you want to do a virtual holistic skin consultation or learn more about booking with me for facials or shopping my curated online skincare shop. Every Everything, everything is there. Your website is so beautiful. Your blog is like, I feel like I'm in virtual esthetician school. I've been on a deep dive of it all morning. And like you're, even if people don't know where to start with skincare, just go there. But thank you so much for being on the show. I have really enjoyed this. This is when the internet can be great because I feel like we're connected now and I'm so grateful for that. So thank you. Yeah, me too. Thank you. This was so nice. All right, ciao.